Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Warren, and uh, yeah, I have the privilege of standing before you here today and sharing from the Word of God, and what a privilege it is. That, that worship was so amazing. What a glorious day we've been given. And that's what God gives us, and He helps us to, to overcome our fears. He assails our fears, and it is a beautiful reality. Okay, so the topic this morning, guys, that we're going to talk about is do not be anxious. Because a, a new year is often a very exciting time, and, and as Liesl Ann pointed out, it's a time when we set out and we set ourselves all sorts of different resolutions, and most of them actually are about self-improvement. We're going to start exercising, I'm going to lose that extra bit of weight, I'm going to write that exam that I've been putting off. And I know that a lot of times we don't actually achieve those resolutions or those aspirations that we set out for ourselves in the year. But the start of the year also just always brings with it that hope, that hope of change. But for a lot of people, the prospect of that change in our lives, of what is to come in 2023, is actually something that creates a lot of fear, creates a lot of anxiety. We have scholars and students who are entering into this new environment. We've got the new grade eights who are just entering into high school or the new matrics with the final exams looming even at the start of the year. We have the new university students, many of whom have now moved away from home and they're in a new place. They don't have the support that they had of their family necessarily. And there's also the unknown of what awaits them in the academic sector. Many people have moved to new cities and started new jobs. And also, we've had two crazy, we've had two turbulent years, and we're still reading reports of overwhelming cases of coronavirus around the world. And people are anxious. People are anxious about their health. They're anxious about the health of their loved ones. For many people, the stress is financial stress. Whether it be ongoing financial pressures from 2022, or a new financial stress that comes with a new job or a new chapter. Many people are asking themselves, Am I going to be okay in 2023? Am I going to be able to care for my loved ones? When Arno asked me if I'd be able to preach today, I asked him what the topic was, and he said that I could just pick a favorite verse. And um, I naturally gravitated to this topic of do not be anxious because it's something that I needed reassurance about in my own life. And my hope and my prayer for us today is that by hearing the message, if you are struggling with stress and anxiety, you will be reassured too. Interestingly, the phrase, do not be afraid, or fear not, or do not be anxious, is one of the most repeated commands in the whole Bible. Some sources say that it's repeated 365 times, once for every day of the year. Some actually say it's 366, so we even covered for a leap year, which is reassuring. And you see, <laughs> this shows us that God knows us, and He knows that it's in our very human nature to worry. And he also knows that the enemy sometimes uses that fear that creeps in to make us doubt God and his love and his provision over our lives. God's word, which is the Bible, which we believe to be the truth, addresses our fears again and again and reassures us of God's provision and his love. Today we're going to read together from Matthew, from Matthew 6 verse 25, where Jesus himself is addressing his followers about their anxiety. Let's read together. You can turn to Matthew 6, verse 25. It should come up on the board as well. It's entitled, Do Not Be Anxious. Okay, it's not coming up on the board. I'll just read slowly. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father God, just bless this word, open up our hearts and make us receptive to, to hearing it, Lord. Make our hearts soft and let the truth of your word penetrate us. Amen. I want to start out by saying that this passage that we just read is not speaking about specific phobias. It's not speaking about generalized anxiety disorder or an anxiety disorder. Those are definitely very real issues and they're often affected by specific brain chemistry. And I'm not trying to undermine the struggles or the effects that they have in the lives of people suffering with them or to minimize those struggles. And although we can trust in God for healing, and I do believe that faith and reliance on God, our Father, can ease a lot of the suffering that is associated with the conditions, this passage is addressing something else. This passage is talking about a lack of faith or a lack of belief in God's provision. That is, His providing things that we need for our lives. And it's also addressing some priority issues which we may have in our lives. We need to ask ourselves, where do we place God's calling and God's will in our lives compared to our own desires? This passage is from the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus was speaking to these crowds gathered around the mountain 2,000 years ago. But as we work through the text, I hope that this message penetrates our hearts as well. For a little bit of context, before getting to this part of the message, Jesus had just taught the people how to pray the Lord's Prayer. And later we're going to look at how prayer is also essential to overcoming anxiety. And interestingly, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches the people to pray and ask for their daily bread, which we will touch on too. And then after the Lord's Prayer, he speaks about laying up treasures in heaven, rather than accumulating earthly treasures. And that really sets the tone and it builds us up to our passage because it's a passage about praying to God and trusting Him to provide what we need, trusting Him to provide that daily bread for us. And it's also about realigning our focus from earthly things to heavenly treasures. Let's look at five points together from the passage. Point one is don't be anxious about having food and something to drink and clothes. Life is more than just that. 
Poverty and hunger are daily realities in the lives of many South Africans. And I know, standing here in front of you today, that I have lived a life of privilege. And hearing me talking about saying being without food or without clothing and don't be anxious about that, it might seem insensitive to people's struggles. But what I really want for us today is let's look together at what Jesus said about this and the point that he was trying to make in his passage. You see, God feeds the birds every day. They don't store food. God provides them every single day with their daily bread. And certainly our lives are much more complex and our worries are infinitely more complex than those of a bird. But God also loves us and values us so much more than a bird. And if he can meet their needs, surely we can have complete confidence that he will provide for us, his children, who he loves. He adorns the grasses, they say, and he adorns the grasses and lilies with beautiful flowers, which they didn't work hard to make, but were given to them as a gift of his creation. Plants, plants which are so temporary often and only last for a short time compared to our average human life. Yet they can be so overwhelmingly beautiful. And if you want an example of that, I'm sure Elise could show you many amazing photos of her plants. You see, at the end of the day when God had created the plants in the creation story, He said He saw that it was good. But after He created man, He saw that it was very good. We are much more loved and more valuable in His sight. I don't know if you've ever watched any of these um, survival shows, like a Bear Grylls kind of show, but they often emphasize your basic needs for survival. They say you need food, water, clothing, and shelter. Some of them also say air, but I mean, that's self-explanatory. So food, water, clothing, and shelter. And then they say that in extreme conditions, you can live three hours without shelter or proper clothing. I imagine that's very cold or very, very hot conditions. Three days without water and three weeks without food. But what often happens in our lives is that we get so fixated on these things that we think that we need to survive that the pursuit of achieving those things becomes our main priority. If we read again from verse 25, it says, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? See, Jesus is giving us a reminder about what our true focus should be on. And that is worshipping God and pursuing His purpose for our lives. That should be at the forefront of our minds. He is more than enough to sustain us. And as we read in John 6 verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. God loves us so much and we are so infinitely valuable to him he is our good father and he knows our needs and we can rely on him to fulfill his promises we are his beloved creation that's the reality we are his beloved creation and he will never leave us he will never forsake us he will provide what we truly need point two is which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. Which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? You see, worrying about your own personal needs isn't going to achieve anything for God's kingdom. And it also certainly won't add to your life. I mean, science is proving more and more regularly the negative effects 
of stress on all different aspects of our health. So if anything, being anxious can actually shorten your life. There's a famous saying, it says, Worrying is like sitting on a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Now, that's definitely not what you want to say to somebody who's going through an acute stressful situation or having acute anxiety. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. But the reality is that worrying or having anxiety overcome us in our lives can actually be even worse. Not only does worrying not get you anywhere, but sometimes the thing that you're anxious about becomes so big in your life that you can't see anything else. You certainly can't see past that thing. And even if you're looking up to your father, your view can be obscured. Imagine it like this. In the distance you see a mountain. Over there there's a mountain. And it's a big mountain, but above it you can see a whole lot of sky. And as you go hiking towards the mountain and you're getting closer and closer, the mountain starts to loom up in front of you. And then when you're at the foot of the mountain, even looking up, all you see is more mountain. You know? And this can be sort of like what we experience with our fears and our anxieties. If we look up, if we look to our Father, when we see a problem on the horizon and we pray to Him, please help us overcome this problem things are a lot easier. But the reality is it's in most of our nature, our foolish, our stubborn human nature, to cry out to God in desperation only when the problem is so close, only when that mountain is so close and so massive that it seems like it's insurmountable. Thankfully, I can reassure you today, God is more massive than our problems. And we're reminded of that in John 16, verse 33. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He can overcome our anxieties. Point three is the Gentiles seek after these things. God knows what we need and he will provide it. The Gentiles seek these things. I guess we could phrase that in modern terms. The world seeks these things. And this is a very challenging one because it's actually confronting an issue that we have in our hearts. Do we trust for God's provision in our lives? And I'm not just saying doing lip service, saying that we, we do trust Him, but inside we're full of anxiety about all these worldly concerns of ours. Do we actually have complete trust and faith in God our Father to provide for our needs and give us what is best for us? This one, is, this one is hard. This one is really hard. I'm not going to stand here in front of you and lie to you and say that I don't struggle with this. Because sometimes what happens is that we have a head knowledge of God. And we do know that we can have complete trust in Him. But it's almost like our hearts need reminding more often than our heads do. And then when the problems spring up or, or the struggle is at hand, we tend to try and make a plan ourselves. Either that or we've already tried and tried to make our own solution and exhausted all our options and fear is starting to mount inside us, inside our hearts. And then we have to let the truth of God's promises reassure our hearts and realign our hearts with our head knowledge. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 we read, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and of love and self-control. God gave us a spirit not of fear. Being believers, 
being born again, we have been given this new spirit. And our hearts have been changed and we know the truth. We as believers, we know the truth. And it may be a truth that we need reminding about, but it is ultimately a truth that gives us freedom from anxiety because it reassures us of our Heavenly Father's provision for our lives. Point four is seek first the kingdom of his God and his righteousness. And then these things will be added unto you. I don't know who else hears that old hymn one day. Whenever I hear that verse, I hear that. And all these things shall be added unto you. Anybody else? Yes. Good one. (laughs) Jesus told the people that day, and then through his word, he's speaking to us about getting our priorities straight. Instead of worrying about our meals or our clothing, we should concern ourselves about achieving what God has intended for our lives and for his kingdom. And, and you might be sitting here thinking, like I was in preparing for today, but what about the hundreds of thousands of poverty-stricken people who have definitely not been adorned like Solomon, like we read in the passage? What about them? And in one of the resources that I used preparing for today, they phrased it like this, and it's a challenging question. I would only ask this question. Where have you ever seen a disciple or follower of Jesus who did not have the adornment he or she needed to do what God had called them to do. The adornment they needed to do what God had called them to do. Do not measure the perfection of God's provision by some standard below His calling. We can't say that God is not providing for us if we are not following His calling for our life. And we can't say that His provision is imperfect if we are chasing something other than what He wants us to pursue in this life. And don't forget that when we have finished carrying our crosses on torn shoulders in this life, like Jesus, there will be kingly robes for all of us for eternity. We should keep our eyes firmly upon Him and His calling for our lives, and He promises that He will provide what we need. He isn't saying that following Him or living our lives with Him at the center will be without any difficulties or without any trials. But he is saying that he is enough. He is enough to sustain you and provide for you in times of plenty and in times of struggle. We have to actively prioritize God in those moments when we are anxious about anything. We have to actively prioritize and we have to recognize that God is king in those moments and then hand our situations over to his mighty power. And continue to pursue His will with the confidence that He will meet all of our needs on that path. As we read in Psalm 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Point five is a short one. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. God gives us grace to overcome the challenges that we face every day. He provides our daily bread. And it says, do not worry about tomorrow's problems because what we have seen is that God's grace is sufficient for today. It's sufficient for today's challenges. It will be sufficient for tomorrow's challenges and it will be sufficient for every day. God is unchanging. That's one of his characteristics and the fancy word for unchanging is immutable. Our Father is immutable. 
He will not support you one day and then abandon you the next day. You can rely on your Heavenly Father every single day. His grace is sufficient for the problems that you will face every single day. Philippians 4 verse 19 says it like this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. His grace is sufficient. So if Jesus gave us a part of the recipe, if we call it that, a recipe or a plan to overcome our anxiety, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then later on when we read in Philippians, Paul helps us with that process too. We read from Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This was written by Paul when he was in prison. Just let that sink in. He was a man sitting in prison, probably in Rome, which was the capital of an empire that was known at that time for persecuting and killing Christians. And then he wrote this about not being anxious. And how did he say we should go about that? He said, through prayer. And he gives us even more guidance about the type of prayer that we should be praying. He said we need to pray with thanksgiving and with supplication and let our requests be made known. If we pray to our Father in times of difficulty with a mindset of thanksgiving, we start thinking about all the times and all the ways that God has already provided for us in our life. And that starts to lift our spirits. Supplication. Supplication means to beg earnestly or humbly. Not with arrogance or because we think that we deserve something, but we should come humbly before our Almighty Father and let our requests be made known. It says in the Bible, ask and it will be given to you. See, our Father already knows what we need, but we need to have the faith to actually ask for that and then also trust in His goodness and His provision and also have the faith to accept that what He does give us is what we require to sustain us. And then it ends, and the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. If you're here today and this message that I've said seems unrealistic or it seems far-fetched or just ridiculous, this phrase is important. The peace of God surpasses our human understanding. It may seem impossible to you to have so much trust in God that the peace you feel as a result of that confidence that you have in Him can overcome the stresses and anxieties that this world presents. But we don't have to understand it. His peace is just a gift. It's a gift that is freely given to His children. Just as His grace is a free gift given to us through Jesus Christ. All we have to do with these gifts is trust Him and receive them. You see, our Father is a good Father. And He loves us. And that is the truth. We are His precious creations who He cares for. 
We see the, the beauty of His creation when we look at nature, and we also see how He sustains those creations. And we are His very good creation. He looked at us and said, we are very good. Being anxious about His care and His provision for our lives doesn't help us. In fact, it probably hinders us on our walk. We need to look to our Father and be reminded of His goodness, be reminded of His mercy and His love. And then we have to pursue His purpose for our lives. And He promises He will sustain us on that journey. He will give us our daily bread. Let's not let anxiety rob us of that faith. When we look to Jesus on the cross, we see the ultimate expression of God's grace and mercy and also the ultimate expression of His provision and His love for us. Jesus, dying on the cross, provided us with our salvation. He paid the price that we owed for our sin and made us right with our Father. God provided His Son as a means to welcome us in to His family as sons and daughters. He loves us that much that He provided His Son for us. That He would sacrifice His own Son for us. And remembering that sacrifice and the provision and what He provided is eternity in heaven, Lord by Jesus' blood, should give us the reassurance that we need to overcome our anxieties, to overcome the earthly concerns that we have. Going into this year, 2023, and always.